Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is Gus Boyet. This is Don Hutchison. This is Jurgen Klopp, and you're listening to the big interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jurgen. I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast wouldn't happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to join us, to become a socio and to get every interview we produce without adverts and before it goes out on the main feed, plus lots of bonus content, including the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A. You will also get bonus content every month, including the audio versions of my regular columns for ESPN. So do please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and join the club and get your family and friends to do so. Maybe even strangers in the street. Love you. Hello and welcome to part two of a big interview Q&A special for Backpage. I'm Neil White and joining me to discuss Real Madrid's three in a row Champions League titles under Zinedine Zidane are Graham Hunter, host of The Big Interview, and La Liga Television's Pete Jensen, who's our special guest for these Q&A shows. So the starting 11, get used to these names for that first final, was Keller Navas, Dani Cavajal, Sergio Ramos, Pepe, Marcelo, Casemiro, Modric, Cruz, Bale, Benzema and Ronaldo up front. So that last name, you know, you've mentioned him already there, Pete, as as um, a key part of this story. Let's park a little while as we look at the second season, maybe, which um, is maybe Ronaldo's finest work in this, in this story. Um, across the three of them, he misses one single game in the Champions League, which just shouldn't be possible when you consider the amount of work that these guys are, are, are putting in. But the, t- the tiny footnote that won't get, because we won't spend a lot of time domestically, the tiny footnote, Neil, is that Stan is the first person to pers- persuade Ronaldo n- n- and pushing against a door that didn't want a shot, you need to rest. And I remember a game against Las Palmas where, where Cristiano, I, I guess it's packed, I don't know that as a fact, but he comes off and Las Palmas nearly nearly get the fight back, maybe even get a draw. And Ronaldo is on the bench fuming and, you know, he, he, he doesn't hide his emotions particularly well, does he? And he's spitting venom and he's turning to Zidane as if... Look, and, and, and Zidane domestically said, here and there, you stop. And, and that gives you the, the background to your stat about how few games he misses Champions League. That's incredible. 
So he misses one single game across three seasons. And obviously they are playing every, you know, they're going all the way to the final in, in each of those three seasons. So he plays in 38 out of 39 games. He scores in those 38 games, 43 goals. In this second season, especially, those goals are back like backloaded into the the most important games, into the knockouts. So in season two, he scores five across two legs versus Bayern. He scores as a hat-trick in the first leg of the semi-final against Atleti again. And then he scores two in the final against Juventus. It seems crazy to say that Cristiano Ronaldo may be underrated, but is Cristiano Ronaldo maybe underrated? And I pick out another another game, um, and we're jumping forward to the to the third season. Um, but it's when they almost get knocked out by Juventus when Lucas gets the the last minute ridiculous. Well, it's not last minute penalty. It's what was it ninety seventh minute penalty, which of course wasn't. It wasn't a penalty. Who's heading the ball down in the area to Lucas and teeing him up for what should have been a goal, a, a better a better striker or, or a proper centre forward puts it into the back of the net. Lucas throws himself up in the air and gets a ridiculous penalty. So having made it happen by being the man in the 97th minute who heads it down to Lucas in the area and Benassio, um touches Lucas and Lucas goes down, he then has to step up and, and score the penalty seven minutes into injury time. And it's not a kind of nervy, you know, put it down the middle and the keeper thankfully dives and it goes in. He rockets it into the top corner. Um, and, you know, whenever they needed somebody to do something like that, and that's the most extreme example. He was always there, and we're talking about Zidane, but I think Ancelotti maybe summed it up best when he said, you know, it's just like having a goal start with this guy in the team. You know, you're literally going onto the pitch with a goal start. He's He scores a goal a game, so, you know, you go, you, the, the game kicks off and you're 1-0 up because he's in the side, and I think it is a fair comment to say he's underrated. He's a cult leader that demands... <laughs> You know, total worship, total loyalty. He's not really out there trying to say, love me, or you've misinterpreted me, or here's my cuddly side. He's a guy who's like, look how great I am. You know, he's he's Zlatan-esque, but with a little bit less of a Mersey tunnel for a mouth. And um, why wouldn't you love me? And therefore, I think he he can be underappreciated because there's no craftiness about his... There was that one brilliant thing. And apart from all the nice things that he does do, um, and, and the fact that he is both a... He is definitely... People testify to this. He's, he's very witty. He's very bright. He is not, you know, because he looks like a prima donna in some of his histrionics he's not in a pain in the arse broadly the players that play with him well not broadly without exception the players that play with him respect him beyond description and you won't find anybody who's played with him that's not criminally insane who doesn't say to you you don't understand what he puts in and then secondly the majority of those that I've spoken to who've worked around him with him um, supplied him with passes like him but there is no question that he stands there like he's got the mentality of a statue yeah well, I'm here because I am eternal I am the greatest and 
And therefore that, that can lead to people going, oh, I'm grudging in my respect from your point about underappreciation, Neil. But I, I'll, I think the context, because you began building your case about the goals he scored, the, the number of times, that, the, the, the single time he missed a game across those three triumphs in a Champions League. Remember that this second one that we were looking at is the season whereby he's disenchanted with Real Madrid. And he ends the season in Cardiff telling a guest of ours on the big interview who then tells us, you know, if you could lift Manchester and put it somewhere else other than Manchester, I'd be there now. And his words were, Real Madrid don't know how to take care of a star. I was better looked after at Manchester United. If it didn't rain, I'd go there in a heartbeat. This is in the midst of that, you know, total war that he wages on Europe. I'm here, I'm here again, you've blinked, I've scored, you're out. And, and inside what he's feeling is, God, I, don't really, I don't really want to be here. And, and to the extent that the night before the final in Cardiff, he's moaning about, get me out of here. It takes him a year to say it on the pitch in Kiev. But he's, he's scratching his head about, how do I get out of this hair shirt that I'm wearing, despite kissing the badge and all that kind of stuff. And... I, I think, you know, as odd as the group stage is and as vulnerable as Roman did occasionally look, because they're playing, they're, they're playing now compared to his half season, I, I argue, a, a noticeably Zidane style, which has got parallels with how they play today. You catch them on a bad day and they, they wander around and you can punch through spaces, run away from them. And otherwise, there's no good reason for the Legia Warsaw game, where Legia Warsaw, again, literally could have scored three more than the three they did in a 3-3 draw. There's never a performance in this run that's like Wolfsburg or Manchester City. There's never a performance where you think this is dull and they can't be arsed. But there are performances where like, they're not at this and, and they're vulnerable and physically they look a little bit pale but the ones that, you, you, you in, in my opinion, it's vital to look at are the two Bayern Munich games. Because over there, I don't know what was going on with Bayern Munich, but Real Madrid look aggressive, punchy. They, they behave as if we've, we've, we've been here before, we know how to do this, this is no problem. And that's not really what teams feel going away to Munich. Um... Unless it's 1860 that are playing. And first leg, Real Madrid are infinitely superior. And not just because of the scoreline in Bavaria, you think tie over. And by the time the second tie comes along, you're like, how is this going to end? And there won't be many people other than, say, probably Florentino Perez, and then we directly related to him, who said that, who said that Bayern Munich maybe didn't deserve to go through that night. But, of course, they, they eventually don't go through. The other thing about this Champions League was that Zidane did change the way that they played. Um, and he was helped out, in a way, by the injury to Bale. Isco came into the team, um, and it became Isco, Cruz, Modric and Casemiro, plus Benzema, so you've got five ball players. And they were great to watch. They were sensational to watch. And the final was brilliant. You, know, you watch the the goals that they scored against Juventus in the final, particularly the last two, they're both from crosses where players have reached the byline. I think Modric pulls the ball back for, for Ronaldo for one of them and Marcelo pulls the ball back for Asensio 
um, for the fourth. Um, the football is sensational. Isco is is in his element. Isco playing as well as he played under Manuel Pellegrini at, uh, in a, at Malaga when Pellegrini had him pretty much playing as the one off the striker, you know, with with no defensive responsibilities at all, which is when you get the best out of him. Um, they were great to watch, and it was the answer to the prayers of all the Madrid fans who just wanted them to not be Barcelona, absolutely not be Barcelona, but just a little bit more like them and a little bit more, um, you know, elaborate in the way that they played. And 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 you got that from the final, and you've you've asked us to pick out our you know standout game, and I think in many ways because it was the final. Um, you know that is mine when they destroyed Juventus four one. Okay, so let's let's talk about that game then, if that's sure. Because I did ask both of you um, for a little bit of homework before this taping, which was to pick out one game from this run of three Champions League seasons that you that really kind of stuck out for you as the one that sort of summed up the way you feel about this team. So that final they line up is two changes. Um, it's Varane for Pepe at centre half, and Bale drops out for Isco um, up front. And, you know, you say, Pete, that they just seem to be in the zone at this point. They have won the last six um, league games to take mm-hmm. the to take the title. Um, they've had, you know, a stellar run in the in the knockouts against big teams, albeit um, a close call against Bayern, as you said, Graham. But what is it about that performance? Is it the stage? Is it the quality of the opposition? Because that's a dominant Juve team that they beat. And, and, and Bale, of course, is in a desperate race to get fit because the final's in Cardiff and it's built up built up as being his final. But I, I spoke to him um, on the press day before the before the final um, and, and asking him about you know you're going to make it. And he was pretty much resigned to the fact that not only was he not going to make the starting lineup, but he shouldn't be in the starting lineup. It was a completely different scenario to twelve months later when he was absolutely outraged that he wasn't in the team because he'd had a fantastic run in and he should have been in the team. This time it was they're playing too well. I mean, he didn't name Isco, but Isco was playing really well in in, in what basically become a four man midfield. Uh, as I say, five with with, with Benzema's brilliant uh, ability to associate with the midfielders, as they, as they as they call it in Spain, and Ronaldo up top, and they were playing sensational football, and they took that great football into the final, and you know Ronaldo uh, gets them on their way again with the early goal, um, and Juve equalised, but then but but Madrid just run away with it, and and they're in that purple kit as well aren't they I mean we'll always associate them with the all white but they looked fantastic that night in the the all purple and they just swept Juventus off the park it was it was sensational but I I don't dispute a a second of of what Pete said Neil not not for a second and I I almost never do when Pete speaks but the whole premise for us for being here is why are Real Madrid not properly appreciated well you just watch that game on its own and you think it's one of the classics. And much though I don't like Mandzukic, I would have a hard job being persuaded that that's not the best goal ever scored in a Champions League or European Cup final. There are contenders. I don't think that you know the finals regularly produce absolutely classic goals. It happens to be that during these, um, these three, there are a couple. <laughs> but the Mandzukic goal, if you think about the... The way in which it's elaborated and the head tennis that they play and the way that the ball is brought down and then scored. 
And by half time, it looks a very even game. Not only are um, are Juve, you know, back in it on the score sheet, they're a very good side. Dotted straight, their team are guys you think can win a final because we're talking about character as well as ability. And then they evaporate in the second half. And you'd like to go to answer Marin's point. Well, chapeau, hats off Madrid. But of course what happens is, number one, it's patently clear, it's 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 it couldn't be clearer that there's there's civil war in the Juventus dressing room at half time. That players start picking on Dybala, Banucci, and this is what dressing rooms are like. In, in average games, never mind big, high-pressure games. And Benucci's like, you're not working, you're not doing your job, that the manager's orders are, and I'm telling you, and you better. And he's in his face. And almost without ex- exception, the, the South American players are like, you get your hands off our genius little kid. And it's like that. And then to compound what, the, you know, the, 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 what do the aftertaste... There's been a Real Madrid movie being shot about the and, and the behind the scenes footage show Sedan doing a kind of John Major spitting images with him and Norma eating peas and everything is grey and John's going very nice peas today Norma thank you and Sedan's like yes everybody play a little bit better in the second half please and you're like yeah okay it can be that it can be that simple. But literally what he does is if I want you to play higher at the pitch and I want you to be on the more out and do it, boys. And of course, people tell you we live in a really sneering high church here where like, you know, it's like, oh, well, I, I don't think you worship the Lord as much as we do. And and they're like, well, I mean, they, he got hammered for that. You know, he's won four one. He's taken over halfway through the first season, won in the Champions League, been given, having been given a, a load of rubbish. Wins the Champions League again um, in Excelsior form against a bitter rival. Juventus are humiliated and they're like, well, of course, it was nothing to do with it. It was that, that halftime thing. It was an embarrassment. And therefore, people stripped the enamel off the teeth and went, ooh, yeah, is it safe yet? And to be honest with you, there are lots of examples of St. Merrin, why that point can be made about under... But, but people some footage, some stories and some people just scratched and clawed away at the beauty of that victory and it's part of the reason that not enough credit is given to Real Madrid because they won it and they won it and when they scored that that, that, that Asensio goal that, to me, again it's one of the reasons that Asensio is undervalued because he's, he's, he's patently a classic talent and he hasn't yet punched his full weight partly because the season before he was out for a year he was he was Anodyne. That's just a fact. But if you look at that season where he begins the term coming on against Sevilla, no, starting against Sevilla in the Super Cup, and after, you know, about 15 seconds, he bursts the net from 75 metres. And that run against Bayern Munich in the semi final, where you're like, look at this player that they've got, they've pinched from under the noses of Barcelona. You know, he's, he's maturing already, he looks like a generational talent. And then he comes on and gets a really good goal, which is made for him a little bit, but he still scores in the Champions League final. You're thinking, ah, here we go. And, and then his development is a little bit stunted. And, and I think things like that bleed into the story of, um, because it, you know, if, if you want to compare with 
Barcelona. Never mind going back to the three the three peats of Ajax and Bayern Munich, where the, every player now looks like a classic because we do that with age, don't we? As time passes, you know the the, the Asensio equivalence of Dani Alves or Xavi or Iniesta or Busquets or Pedro. They go on to do greater things with the club, with the country, and Asensio as yet hasn't. And therefore, again, people just want to claw it down. It's a, I think it's a, some of it is to do with a tall poppy syndrome and, and everybody wants to be super clever about, oh, well, it wasn't really a great win against Juventus. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So as we edge towards a conclusion on this um, fascinating question, Graham, you've not selected um, kind of one game yet. And as we kind of glance towards the, the third season that's going to end up with heartbreak for, for Liverpool and a third successive title for Real Madrid, are there any, any, any games in this run yeah. that stick out for you? I wouldn't have had um, massive difficulty in saying Cardiff, but Pete chose that. And I can't say Kiev because although it's the third, um, it's exciting... Um, there's there's one wonderful wonderful goal in it. The, the the degree to which you know we we don't quite know yet what was whose fault Liverpool's goalkeeper's double vision was. Really, to be honest with you, I think that that the collision that's caused by one of his own players at the ball coming into his near post, and therefore subsequently he's got concussion and double vision. They say afterwards, well, should he have remained on? Should the medics have taken him off? I'm quite clear, and again, I think you're with me when we spoke to James Milner about the Ramos um, Mosala incident. There was a breakaway, there was a turnover, a throw in. Ramos knew that because they were badly positioned, if Salah got away, 
Liverpool were odds on four against two. And Ram was like, you're not getting past. He didn't try and do his collarbone or injury. He just tackles like that every game of every week. And and Liverpool know that. But it still resulted in possibly Liverpool's most dangerous player not being on the pitch. Therefore, I, I don't want to pick Kiev. The one I want to pick is away at Juventus in Turin. The match where this time they do, you know, without question, completely destroy um, Juventus. They play a mixture of controlling football and barnstorming football. There was a there was a widespread, I think very Italian, everyone stood up and applauded when Ronaldo scored that goal. And we didn't know at the time, but Ronaldo was cooking a little theory in his head, well, well a club of that magnitude, where they already love me, that's where I'm going. But I, I loved, you know, I'm not one that trundles on and on and on about sportsmanship and all the stuff that has been going on in this country about... Athletic giving a, a guard of honour to Real Sociedad for the midweek league game after Real Sociedad beat them for the cup final the weekend before. But when you get um, a, a fan base like the like the Juventini standing up and applauding a goal scored by a hated opponent during a home humiliation, I I think that's iconic for modern times, not just for the for the the three trophies. Which brings us to a point. Of conclusion, Graham, you talked about Guardiola's Barcelona and, you know, the other multiple winners are Ajax 71 to 73, Bayern 74 to 76, Saki's Milan 89 and 90. I think it's important to realise that back then you had to win the league every season to even have a shot at it. So how comparable are those achievements with those of Guardiola and then Zidane? I, I remember being affected by Ajax's wins but not seeing the majority of them because we didn't get weekly football. You saw the final, and I, I've been devoted to Cruyff since then because he just looked swashbuckling and elegant and I'd never seen anything like it before. And when you saw it in colour rather than black and white, the strip was red and white and that was the dandies, etc. And you look back now, we, we study back now, We've each of us have met some of those players from that Ajax era. And... Um, it, it was it was fun. They they regularly had to beat Italian opponents, which I think is a big deal. Um, and the side contained genuinely all time classic footballers. And by a minute, we've just been speaking to a man of that era, although he wasn't a by a minute man in Rainer Bonhoff. And if you know all the research that we put in to look at how extraordinarily strong and wonderful Borussia Mönchengladbach were during that era when firstly when Ajax were winning the Champions League and then when Bayern Munich were winning it that tells you a big story about um, it, the excellence of Bayern Munich in terms of much stability or goal scoring but their mentality and their character too which is the point I got to right at the beginning about you know when you measure greatness measuring the the willingness to do what it takes to win again and again and again and again and, and people often don't they go for I want classic I want style I want drama and if it's only once every three four years that'll do me well that's not what the players think like so measuring against the eras is 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 really difficult because you say it was a knockout tournament you had to win the title to get into it I don't I don't really know how you measure those triplets against uh, Real Madrid's, I think it's 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 extremely hard to do because the nature of everything they achieved was was so different. 
where your comparison is interesting is that, you know, choose, choose your dance partner. But remember when, when, um, when Barcelona win in 2009, I think they win a little bit like uh, Real Madrid. And I think Mary's point was compare this Madrid to a Ferguson. Well, I think compare them a little bit to, um, say, Chelsea, for example. In that um, Abramovich is like by the best. He doesn't interfere quite as much as Florentino does, but it's like build, get these people in. If they don't work, strip it out and move on. Strip it out and move on. And they stripped a coach in you know in, in mid season. Di Matteo comes in, um, wins an unlikely victory against Napoli at home, and goes on and wins the title with a last minute winner. And it's dramatic, and there's penalties given each way, and what the hell's happening? And, and that's the, 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 the title that I think is most comparable to the way that Roma did win their games. And I don't think that it's, it's massively comparable to, to Guardiola's Barcelona because he had a philosophy and people played to a system and it's a different idea and it's different personnel, not just in different names and, and um, um, reasons for being there, but it's a system, you know, it's a factory. We, this is how we do things. Johnson and Johnson do things right first time every time. That's not the Madrid idea. But despite all the things you and I have done in our career, Pete too, in different ways, about that Barca era, a book and a film, um, they they didn't win three, and they didn't win three, and that needs to be uh, thrown into the appreciation of Real Madrid because. The first one is one in extremis, and if you want to do the, the Bayern Munich home game comparison that we talked about with uh, Real Madrid, or the home game in that home leg of that Juventus one, where bar the penalty there, uh, that's Stamford Bridge, right? That's the, that's the direct comparison to Stamford Bridge in 2009. And they don't win it in, in 2010 for a whole host of reasons. There's a flipping volcano, they can't fly to Milan, they have to take a bus, they're knackered. For my taste, they get two horrendous decisions in a 3-1 defeat there. At home, Motta gets sent off to play against 10 men. They should win. They don't. Um, the Brazilian goalkeeper produces this, what was later given the save of the season. There's an allegedly not offside goal given offside to put them through and they don't go through and they don't win it. And, you know, to win the treble instead of um, their domestic travel, not a three-peat. Instead of Barcelona doing it in Barcelona, by the time the next year comes along, they play the best football that's ever been played in a, in a Champions League final. And yet Madrid did do it. So whatever is thought about Real Madrid, they've conquered not only their own uh, glitches and fallibilities, but there will have been things thrown at them that we don't yet know about because not everybody's come out and done their book or their film and, and many of the players are still active. And they conquered all that too because there is always a hidden adversity that, that you don't know about until later. So they, they, they won blowing hot and cold. They occasionally gave us farce. They occasionally gave us heroic, magnificent performances. But I don't think that um, proper appreciation for that will come until we start seeing the the component players talking retrospectively about what happened and saying, well, what you don't know is this. And that's when that achievement, I think, can be burnished and look more golden than bronze. But without the benefit of that hindsight, Pete, <laughs> you still have to make a call. Um, you know, it, is it how possible is it compare these teams 
are this Madrid team underappreciated? And 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 if we're getting the perspective wrong on them, in what way are we doing so? I certainly don't buy the idea that just because the old European Cup you used to have to win your league to be in it, that made it harder to win it. I think I think in many ways it was it was easier to win it. In terms of comparing this Real Madrid side to the to the Barca side that, that only won the two that missed out um, in um, 2011, I certainly think that it's time to start putting Cruz, Modric, and Casemiro alongside Busquets, Iniesta, and, and Xavi. Busquets, Iniesta, and Xavi will always have the the kind of couple of points added on for the fact that they didn't cost a euro in terms of transfer fees, and they all came through together the same the same youth system. Um, but the remarkable achievement of, of, of Casemiro, Modric and Cruz to be in all of those finals and as it happens now to be playing perhaps better better than ever before um, they certainly deserve to be put on the same level as, as, as the midfield that we always lord and that, you know, um, um, you know if you apply Meron's question or Meron's point to, to just the two midfields and to why we, you know, we hold one up higher than the other, then it's certainly true that <clears throat> that Real Madrid and uh, that midfield is is underrated. Um, and you know, Ronaldo and Messi. Messi. The, the question that's always asked about Messi is, is he the greatest of all time? And the question that's always asked about Ronaldo is, he as good as is he as good as Messi? Um, when you know the, the what we've been talking about, his contribution to those three straight. Champions Leagues and the fact that he played such a massive role in in them winning in in Lisbon as well. Um, so yeah, there, 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 there is a degree to which they're under, they're underrated. But I take it back to the point right at the start when a lot of it is their own fault because Barcelona made such a big thing about their um, products of the youth system all reaching the, the Ballon d'Or podium, winning um, all five t- titles or was it six under Guardiola in his first season. Whereas Real Madrid, you know, they sort of imploded. The, the, the night in Kiev, which should have been, as I say, they all should have been talking about what a fantastic achievement it was. And instead, Ronaldo, well, I'm going. Bale, well, I might go as well if I don't get in the team. Marin Myrtle, Sasha Marin Myrtle, I really hope that um, your question has been answered. If not, I hope you enjoyed it. And that same goes to everybody else who's listening. Uh, Graham Hunter, thank you very much. Pete Jensen, thank you very much. Uh, that's all, folks. So we'll be back very soon with more big interviews, another monthly Q&A. Um, but for now, from me, thanks for listening and goodbye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 